This week, the New York Jets have decided to shake up their entire wide receiver room. And by the looks of it, it doesn't seem like they're going to be done anytime soon. What's up, Jets fans? Welcome to another episode of Jet Nation Live. We are your hosts, Dylan Terman and Glenn Naughton. It's kind of been a crazy week. We had some signings, some trades, some rumors about signings, all revolved around one position. And it, and it brings me back to this question. I'm going to ask it to you again, Glenn. On our first episode back in September, if I told you that Garrett Wilson might be the only wide receiver on the roster entering the 2023 season from last year, how would you have felt? Because it's trajectorying that it's projecting that way. Corey Davis might be traded. Barrios has been cut. Mims, anybody's guess as to what they can do with Denzel Mims. It seems like Garrett Wilson might be the only stay from 21 to 23. So how are we feeling? And uh, what are your thoughts about that? As you listen, you know, you, you would think that some crazy stuff must have happened. And, you know, some stuff did happen. I don't know if it was crazy, but of course, you know, the Elijah Moore situation, I kind of addressed that yesterday. Did a quick video right after the trade. I thought it was a, you know, I felt like the trade was a good possibility. Um, Corey Davis is an interesting one because I, I, I've been saying for months now that I'm not 100% sold that he's gone. A lot of people kind of seem to view that as a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, he, it's 10 million savings. You got to let him go. And I just keep, mm -hmm. what I keep saying is, look at the receiver market. Like, yes, he's missed some time and it's, you know, you wish he could stay on the field, but he's still a relative bargain in today's market for what he brings when he is healthy. Um, and, you know, everyone, you hear fans say all the time about the importance of depth. Um, and that's exactly what he would be if, if I would love for him to stay on this roster and, you know, maybe, maybe cutting down on his reps a little bit will help him stay healthy. But it, it has been wild. Um, you know, I don't think we expected to see this much turnover in such a short space of time. But we also didn't, ex didn't expect Elijah Moore to do what he did. Um, you know, didn't expect the Jets to pursue Rodgers where Lazard would be. I mean, you know, Lazard's a good player anyway, but obviously going after Rodgers makes him that much more attractive to the Jets. So a lot's kind of unfolded in a short space of time that has really revamped that receiver room. And, and as you said, they might not be done, you know, maybe they get, go get OBJ. So they really are trying to do everything that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers asked for in his list. Yeah. It certainly seems like at least two of those names could be a potential truth, whether it's Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard, OBJ. It seems like that's trending to be that the case for the jets. We'll kind of start in chronological order here. Uh, first was the signing of Nicole Hardman yesterday at about 2 PM. Um, word came down that he was signing to a one-year deal with the Jets. It said up to $6.5 million, so it looks like that number is a little bit inflated. I think when the base number comes out, it's going to be lower, you know, maybe like a two- or three-year deal yeah, with a bunch of incentives. Um, and, and my immediate thought to that is it's a Braxton Berrios replacement. I even, like, Packers fans were at nauseum tweeting about, oh, Elijah Moore's coming to the Jets, or to the Packers, excuse me. And I was like, they needed a Barrios replacement first. I don't think it was a Moore replacement, obviously. Mm -hmm. And even after the trade came down that Elijah Moore was sent to Cleveland for a third, uh, him and a third for a second round pick back from Cleveland, I still didn't think that this is the case. Mecole Hardman and him are different types of players. Um, the type of skill set that Mecole brings is a more vertical skill set, even though he does do the jet sweeps and the screen stuff like he did in Kansas City. But he's a more vertical take the top off the defense. And I think that that was something that was very lacking of the Jets. I don't. I, Elijah Moore is that short, uh, shifty, intermediate guy. 
Garrett Wilson's the route runner who can kind of win at all three levels, but you're not going to ask him to go just run go balls. And Corey Davis, yes, is your contested catches on like, you know, goes posts and, you know, hitch routes and stuff like that. But I still didn't think they had that burner over the top. So Miko Hardman definitely achieves that for him. Um, but then on the flip side, I was really sad when they traded Elijah Moore to Cleveland from a fan perspective, I really wanted to see him with a, with an actual quarterback under center. I know Zach Wilson obviously hasn't been the best for him and you can blame whoever Michael Fleur, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, I think all three, just like the similar situation we're in now with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, all three hold a little bit of blame and a little bit of, you know, put their back against the wall and they got to stick up for themselves. So Ultimately, Elijah Moore's gone. It's it sucks, but we get a second round pick back. We're now scheduled to pick back to back in the second round to forty two and forty three. So, what are your thoughts on both the signing and the trade as far as um, what we can get out of me, Cole, and what we what we could see out of those second round picks now? Yeah, I think like you said, that the key point is his his game is so much different than Elijah Moore. Um, other than they're both really fast, but that's about where it ends. Right. Um, Nico Hardman is a he's a guy who he's a big yards after catch guy. You got to get the ball to him sort of in space or, you know, um, in stride because he's not going to make a lot of guys miss with any, you know, with, with any east west movement. He'll outrun people, but um, he, he's pretty much a north south guy, um, whether it's after the catch or running a deep route. Um, he, like you said, even on the end of rounds, like he, he's going to he's going to fight to get to that corner. Once he does, he's a straight shot. Um, whereas Elijah Moore is a far more elusive guy who can who can do a lot more. He's a, he's a much better player, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, as I said, I understood why the Jets traded more, but it is a little bit, you know, you feel like because you know I've been saying too that this he's absolutely he's going to blow up. He's going to be a great player, and the Jets just continue to not get him the football. So, you know, people who just wake up in the morning and look at the box score think, oh, this guy must suck, but he doesn't. He's he's a damn good player. Um, unfortunately he kind of, he's a player who put himself ahead of the team and now he's not here anymore. So, um, you know, the jets move on and, and go from there, but two, two very different players. And, and I don't, I don't, I agree. I don't see Hardman as a replacement for, uh, for more. I think there, there's still, you know, more to come and, um, and we'll see what happens with the OBJ thing. Um, kind of torn on that, you know, but I, obviously the, this is the direction the jets are at least trying to go in. Yeah, it feels like, unfortunately, it all circles back to that trade request that Elijah Moore put in midseason, despite the winning streak that the Jets had been on for the first time in forever. I feel like that obviously still lingered those feelings. They got rid of Michael Fleur, but that's not going to, you know, satiate a player entirely because that's not going to say, you know, he had a, a conflict with Sala or whatever. I'm not, you know, reporting him, just speculating. So it seemed like there was always a little bit of a rub between Elijah Moore and the Jets, you know, front office, coaching staff, what what have you. It just seemed like there was always going to be that tension there. So to me, I I don't want to like, you know, on paper or whatever. I think Joe Douglas lost his first trade as a Jets GM. I think the value that you got back for Elijah Moore was pretty low. I think it equaled out to be a high third round pick. Obviously you give that third round pick back. So, you know, you never know what the Jets are going to do with those second round picks, but if, if Green Bay gets their wish and both those second round picks go to Green Bay for the Rodgers trade, you're looking at a pick 13 and then pick 112. You got a big gap in between there. So it's a, a kind of a tough spot to be in when you need to fill roster spots. So every every week we talk about that trade down seems more likely from 13. And I feel like if one or two of those second round picks go to Aaron Rodgers, 
you got to you got to trade back from 13. So I think it's just going to be interesting how all of it comes together. I hope I mean, from my perspective, I hope they're still in on OBJ. I feel like the wide receiver room as it is, is okay. But I feel like Corey Davis is more likely than not gone. You can probably save the money and just allocate that money right to OBJ. I've been saying that on maybe like an incentive based deal for him. And then you're looking at a really scary off, uh, wide receiver group for the Jets, offensive weapon group for the Jets in general, Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson, OBJ. You can kind of mix all three of those on the field at the same time. It doesn't matter which one you put in the slot. They all have played in the slot at times. I would say OBJ and Alan Lazard are probably the preferred boundary wide receivers, but you can't stick Garrett Wilson in the slot full time. So you're going to want to rotate them all. But I think that's a, a positive thing for the Jets is that they have movable parts that can play the X, the Z, all those things that Sala said about Denzel Mims that he just couldn't do in his year two or year one under Sala. So it's just interesting from a dynamic standpoint that I think the Jets are getting a little bigger at wide receiver. I know Miko Harbin is a smaller player, but if they bring an OBJ, the average height of that wide receiver room is going up a little bit. So I'm excited to see it. Um, obviously, like I said, sad that Elijah Moore is gone. I have probably 10 autographed rookie cards of Elijah Moore just waiting for him to blow up so I could have sold off a couple for some money but maybe he blows up with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland it's the best quarterback he's had in his career you could you know I'm not a big Deshaun Watson fan anymore but if he can get back to form I feel like Elijah Moore with Amari Cooper is a good good fit for Cleveland Um, any other thoughts on roster moves that happened I believe that they re-signed Ty Johnson today um, any thoughts on Ty Johnson, depth running back? Um, I think I like Ty Johnson more than most people do. Um, you know, I don't think he's great, but I think that if you gave him some carries, he'd make some plays. But he's the kind of guy who gets like two carries every few weeks. So he never really never really gets an opportunity to, to get into a rhythm. Um, but I think, you know, he's a one-cut guy. He's, got, he's explosive. He, he, you know, if he hits the hole, if you get him in some open space, he's a guy who can make some plays. But um, I do think it's interesting he came back, though, because – it looked like uh, once he hit free agency, I thought he was gone, um, and especially with a new offensive coordinator. So that tells me that Nathaniel Hackett sat down and watched him and said, yeah, let's bring this guy back. Um, and that's what – that's if I'm not mistaken, that's his third offensive coordinator, right? This is Yeah, because he was here with Gase, and now mm-hmm. – uh, so that's three OCs that liked him. I know a lot of fans don't. I You know, he's a guy where – I forget who they were playing a couple of years ago. He had like three drops in literally like four plays. It was like, it was a nightmare scenario for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, like people are like, oh, he, he can't catch. And I'm like, well, he, historically he can. He had a, he literally had like a, an atrocious three minutes. Um, I don't think that should wipe out everything he's done in his career up to and since. Um, and I don't, <clears throat> again, he doesn't get, he doesn't get a lot of volume in terms of, he doesn't get a ton of targets. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, what would he do one way or the other? But uh, or, you know, with more targets and he probably won't get him this year. He'll be a third, you know, third running back, if that and uh, and a guy who can return kicks from time to time. Um, they also brought Nick Bodden back, who obviously mm-hmm. didn't play this past season. Um, you know, fullback will he be on the roster. Will he you know get utilized? Tough to say with fullbacks nowadays. Yeah, I think I would take Ty Johnson over some of the other options that are out there. I know that there was a rumor that veteran Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed his choices down to three teams, the Jets being one of them. Um, I believe it was the Bengals and the Eagles. Um, So maybe Ty Johnson holds them off from signing a Zeke. I don't know necessarily if that's their thought process in the building, but I also saw a lot of Michael Carter hate on Twitter today. 
And I don't know. I mean, sure, he didn't have the greatest season last year when Bryce, uh, Brees Hall, excuse me, went down with the injury. But the offensive line was terrible. So I feel like if you're going to excuse the bad play of certain offensive players, you should kind of use that same criteria for everybody. And I just I feel like Michael Carter was getting a lot of hate today. And I saw it speculated that he might not even be running back two, might not even be running back three entering the season. And I don't know if I necessarily fall in line with that, you know, way of thinking with Michael Carter. I still think he's probably the number two unless they did go out and get like a Zeke um, until Brees is healthy. But I I don't know. What are your thoughts on Michael Carter on on this depth chart? Do you think he's sliding down like people think? Uh, Well, I mean, I think if Zeke comes in, he does. Um, And can he? No, we have not done the mock yet. Uh, Someone just asked in the the chat. Um, Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't I don't I feel like Zeke is, you know, he averaged three point eight a carry last year um, behind the same offensive line that Pollard averaged, what, five point two, five point three. He's got eighteen hundred carries under his belt. I don't feel like he's the same player he was a couple of years ago, and I don't. I don't love the idea of bringing him in, uh, but I also don't love the idea of act, you know, current Jets players taking to Twitter to, you know, to trash a guy who might be on the way in here um, or tell him we're good. We don't need you. Um, that's, you know, let's, let's leave mm-hmm. that up to the GM. And I, you know, that's, I, I've been saying for years, man, like, you know, when Twitter first came along and players started getting on there, I remember thinking to myself like this, this might go poorly. Like this might be a bad idea. Um, and, and now you're seeing like, it's again, I, I, I would, I would rather they didn't sign Zeke. I don't want the guy, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not a player on the team and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tweet out, you know, that we don't want you here. You know, that's yeah. again, that, that was Joe Douglas in an awkward spot. Um, and I think, I think one of the tweets was deleted. I think, uh, if Brees Hall sent out a tweet saying, oh, we're good, aren't we Mike? You know, and yeah, it's, it's just. Don't just let let the roster be what it is, and you know, don't. It's the the the, especially like with the with the with the Rogers thing, like you know, uh, Garrett Wilson retweeting and saying I'm so happy right now because he thought that that account was an actual verified transaction. Yeah, I'm like, man, just just stay off Twitter, please. Like, Mm -hmm. leave it to people like us who aren't in the NFL and have nothing else to do. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, being, yeah. like, a 21-year-old dude in the NFL and being like, let me check out what's going on on Twitter. I wouldn't even have a Twitter account. I'm like, right. dude, I'm in the NFL. I got tons of money. I'm in, I'm enjoying life. Like, I'm getting – no. But, I mean, look, to each his own. I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed to. I'm just saying that some of the stuff I see, I go, oh, God. And then I wonder, I'm like, would I be on Twitter if I had a million dollars in the bank and I was 21 years old? No. No, I would yeah. not. I feel like most of these younger athletes, especially as they grow up with the social media, that one thing that they need to think about when they get to this level is a social media manager, somebody that's going to do the tweeting for them sometimes. And obviously that's not to say that they never tweet their own stuff, but it feels like a lot of tweets get walked back and deleted and players or, you know, people like us or, you know, the really investigative Twitter people are screenshotting before they get deleted and then they still throw it back up. So like those tweets never go away for those players, but yeah, Brees Hall basically said, yeah, we're good around here. Aren't we Mike? And, you know, Michael Carter retweeted it and said, yeah, we're all good. And I, I feel like that could create attention if Zeke was the signing because. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think he's going to go to Philly, but it absolutely could. That, that can he's, be. An he's issue. going to Philly or you think. No, I said, I think he's going to Philly. Yeah, but, I, I put out a tweet saying the same like, thing. Any job. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you, you know, sign, go get a job as a 
teacher, whatever. And you go on the teacher's mm-hmm. Twitter page, like, we don't need a new math teacher, do we, Steve? No, man, we're good at math. Like, we don't need anybody. You'd be like, Jesus yeah. Christ, man, I'm trying to get a job. Like, it's, Exactly. You know, it's, it's not the warmest welcome. And I always feel like when you bring in a player like that, even if it's not a player that's at the apex of his career, he's on the downtrend, certainly, but like, he'll bring in competition just naturally and he'll show you a way that he's learned throughout his five or six years in the league that you've only been there for a year and a half and you're coming off a big injury. And, you know, Michael Carter has had his injuries and ups and downs too. So like they can learn from these veteran players. So it's not a matter of they're coming and they're going to take your spot and all your reps and you're just back on the bench. So I feel like it was a bit of an overreaction. And, and what about I, I don't love tweet from Valdez Scantling. No, I had not. He's, I mean, I just, I don't even know why I saw it. I don't follow the guy. He's not a Jet. That's weird, yeah. Or something. Just popped up, and he was like, oh, how come every time I come on Twitter, these fans think they're GMs talking about what we should do, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's what the NFL wants. The NFL right. does everything they can to keep themselves in the news cycle and to keep fans talking about it so we're hooked on the damn thing. Like, we're, like, fiending for NFL talk. We're doing exactly what the NFL wants us to do, and now you have a player coming out like, hey, Give us your money, watch the game, and shut up. Like, we don't need mm-hmm. to hear what you think about. Like, it's, I'm like, that you're like part of a business telling your customer, like, shut up and stop talking about our business. Like, right. That's again, and, and even if you know, again, people on Twitter are talking like, about, Jesus. no, no I'm I was gonna say, like, even if people, there's are... got to be somebody, Sorry. you know, who works for the team who sees this stuff and goes, oh, God, oh, my God. Somebody, can we oh, get yeah. his I mean, agent on the phone real quick so he can touch base with this guy and and please tell him to stop telling fans to shut up and don't talk about football? Like, Yeah, exactly. And, and I think even like you were saying, they want us to talk about the NFL. We talk about things that inside the building are not even thought about a lot of times. But on Twitter, they're just like they snowball and they create these big, huge reactions out of people. And that's what they want because it's not necessarily – what is happening or what is going to happen, but they're just like alternate scenarios that get floated around that, you know, probably have no backing to them. And people are just speculating completely. Like, I don't think the jets and the Packers have talked as much as the people on Twitter think like Joe Douglas, isn't blowing up Goot's phone. Like, Hey dude, can we make this trade? It's not happening. I actually wondered that the other day. I was was like, I wonder when the last time they talked, have have they spoken in a week? Like, Hey man, here's, here's our best offer. Let us know when you're ready to take it. Okay, exactly. now I'm going to wait you out, and we may not talk for two or three weeks. Yep, exactly. And no. I feel like the owner's meeting is next week, and I think that will be the next time that they see each other in person. I believe that's what I heard. And maybe, you know, they mingle a little bit, talk a little bit, can get something hashed out over a couple of drinks or what have you. But I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a slow-played process. I'm not even going to sit here and, you know, debate who has the leverage. Like I said, I think they all own a little piece of it. And at the end of the day, certain certain you know parts of this are going to be expected to move faster than the other teams are going to be expected to move. So it's just a waiting game. I don't expect Joe Douglas to bid against himself, certainly. Um, and, and Packers fans, I've tried not to engage with them as much, but the whole I, leverage I thing is just they're, they're it's so, getting out of control here. I actually like, saw a you, take earlier from a Packers fan that was sensible. Like it was the first – I don't even know who it was. Interesting. Yeah. But the guy was like – he basically said, like, there's no way we're getting two twos for Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are you people talking about? And I was like, you know, because other people are like, oh, great. The Jets are adding more twos to give us for Aaron. And um, I, I said, I'm, I'm, 
I keep going back and forth. I, I think, you know, initially I said, oh, I think that's who's going to Aaron Rodgers and going to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. But then I like I, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, I think I'm allowing myself to be influenced by the media talk about, you know, hearing like not even Packers fans, but like some people and, and granted some people who, you know, just because you're on ESPN doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Right. Um, but I've seen people say like the Jets should give up two ones and the Jets should give up a one and a two. And like, I think I'm allowing them to influence my thinking. And I'm like, maybe they are going to give up more than it. Cause I keep saying a three and a conditional. Now the three mm-hmm. is gone. I'm like, do I think Joe Douglas is going to give up a two for a one year rental? And I just, you know, as I said the other day, if that happens, I think it's Woody Johnson saying, just do it. I don't care what it costs, mm-hmm. but I think if you leave it up to Joe Douglas and say, how many of your premium picks are you willing to give up for a one-year rental? I think the answer would be none. Um, and, you know, well, again, I thought maybe a three, which technically would be a premium depending on where you are in the third round. Mm-hmm. But I'm – and I, I the leverage thing too, we're, we're all tired of talking about it, but I keep going back and forth. I'm like, the Packers have no other buyers. You know, the Jets right. have – you know, we don't know what the plan B is. Listen, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come to the Jets, we'll find out what the plan B is. Sure. But, like – I just just for the hell of it last night I watched Matthew Stafford's last game of the season last year. He looked mm-hmm. all right. Like I'm I'm watching yeah. him I'm like you know, you know I I get that he was injured in his neck and all that and he went on IR but if he's healthy enough to play like I I wrote that off completely. A couple people said that to me weeks ago. What about Matthew Stafford? Like oh neck he's out he's out. But then yeah. I said, like, well he feels healthy enough to come back if he's medically cleared and he looked fine last year. Why not? What if you can get him for a fifth, and not give up whatever the Packers want? You know, there's, there's. I would, I would love the Jets to at least. You know, I want to hear a report that the Jets are starting to. Don't even give names. Just say the Jets are starting to explore other options, just in case, to get yeah. Green Bay thinking. Like Jesus, what happens if what if, what if they do find somebody else? And you know, I think, uh, I think the Jets need to at least create the illusion that they're they're preparing to move on. But I, I think, I think. Joe Douglas is so well. I think everybody knows that Woody Johnson is 100% in on Aaron Rodgers. So may, maybe the Jets are like, yeah. no one's going to fall for that. We can we can leak that we're looking at somebody else, but everybody knows that Woody wants Aaron Rodgers, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I feel like when you say it like that, I think the only little bit of hope the Packers could have is that Woody Johnson gets a little antsy wants to, you know, get the deal done for some reason. He kind of pushes Joe Douglas aside and says, we'll give you, yeah, that two or whatever. But, I mean, for me, push, come to shove. If you want one of those twos, you're getting one of those twos, and that's it. Like, you're not getting a conditional. You should probably send us a six-round pick back, honestly. Like, I just – I don't see how – and I'll go back to the Brett Favre trade. That was a four. Like you said, we don't don't have a three, or else I'd probably give the three for Rodgers. But, like – we gave a four and then a conditional that ended up not, you know, coming to fruition or whatever. So it just seems like it's not going to end like the Packers fans on Twitter think, and it might not end like we think, you know, who knows they could end up parting ways with 42 or 43. If they end up parting ways with both, well, I'll get on here right away and Uh, give my angry reaction because that would just piss me off. I I just see these people that like 42, 43 and Jermaine Johnson and you got a deal. And then a pick swap too. No, you don't. <laughs> no, yeah, I just who says no? We do. Like, yeah, we're, uh, and everyone except you. Yeah, I said Joe Douglas was. I said it on Twitter. I was like, Joe Douglas is not going to bend the knee to a team that handed out an egregious contract 
and it's going to like leave the you you sent me the the tweet about what happens if Rodgers retires in the end of this year, the end of next year. Like it's a lot of money left on the table and I know he's supposed to still restructure his contract or whatever, but that doesn't mean that money is going away. It might lessen the hit at some points, but that money is going to be paid to him. 2 years, 110 million no matter how you slice it, that's probably going to end up all to him. So it's just it's kind of weird thinking about this whole thing. I just I want it to get it done. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to make. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I I forget. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I I wanted to I wanted to uh, talk about this because I, I I forget which podcast it was. I was I listen to too many podcasts. I I drive two and a half three hours a day, and I just listen to podcasts all the time. Best so thing I to do. Was. I think I think it was uh, Scott Mason play like a jet, um, and he had Walter football on. Uh, I think that's who it was. If, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but. Um, he said he was listening to the Ross Tucker podcast, mm-hmm. and, and Ross Tucker just said, if Aaron Rodgers wants this to happen, all he has to do is show up to the Packers facility and walk into the weight room and start lifting. And they'll be like, oh, Jesus, like trade him now, because if he yeah. tears the heck while he's lifting, that's it, $60 million and game over. Like, So he's yeah. like, just go to the facility, walk in the weight room, and you'll be traded in five minutes. Um, you know, which is good point. obviously a bit of an exaggeration, but once they start having like OTAs and things like that, if, you know, I don't know when they, when, the, when their team is, when they're next getting together, but you know, cause Packer fans are like, we'll just drag this out till the start of training camp. All right. Yeah. Well, there's team activities between now and then. And if he shows up and pops a knee, you, you know, Packers aren't going to be too happy about that. Or if he comes back and looks really good and outplays Jordan Love, you're going to sit there and be like, okay, do we put that lesser quality quarterback on the on, in the starter position when we still have Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I just I don't see. I honestly, I honestly think if he showed up, I don't think I don't think he'd give him any reps. I think they'd be like, just, no, I, I feel like they him. would just put him in street clothes and he shows yep. up and that's it. And but like, how the hell are you going to play that when you have you know a, a legacy to uphold as a franchise like you're just going to do one of your longest the longest tenured I, I, think, in franchise I, history. I don't think they, i don't think they care about that i mean the way they're i know acting, and that's the worst they part care. they're they're just gonna say ah free agents will still sign with us they still want to come play it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like if jordan love has a, a so-so or a bad year green bay is not going to be an attractive destination in 2024 but I feel no. like this all plays part of it. So, like, you want to treat your guys right on the way out, and that's something Rodgers has always talked about. You want to treat your guys right on the way out, and they don't really do that. So it's unfortunate no. to see. I hope it gets done. It's going to be hard to mock because we don't know which picks we will have, we won't have. We're going to operate under the assumption that none of the picks are going to Rodgers. Let's just say the trade happens middle of May. So they're only getting 2024 picks. We'll stick it to them. Um, which site do you want to use? I can pull up either one on the, sh- on the screen share, but I, I prefer PFF. I know some people prefer PFN. I'm down to do whichever one you want to do. Um, yeah, do, do whichever, do, do PFN. That's, that's the one I've been using. I, I, I should use both more to be honest. Mm-hmm. I used the PFF one earlier this week to try to just get a feel <laughs> for what, who I was going to look at at each pick and target like what positions and, I think they had John Michael Schmitz in the 60 range. And I was really? like, oh, yeah, this is weird. Like, it, yeah. they gave me a, a really bad grade for drafting him in the second round. I was like, this seems really That's off. Stupid. Yeah. All right. So, PFN. All right. I'm going to set it all up before I put it on the screen. All seven rounds. Fast. Click here. Get rid of all these ads. 
All right. Can you see that decently well on your end? I'll ask the same to the chat yeah. if they can. If anybody's in here and wants to say if they can see it well or not. Yeah, it looks okay so far. All right. Pick the jets. All right. Yeah. So we're live. It's going. We're going to. We're not going to do trades. Or do you want to yeah. do trades? You don't want to do mm, trades. Okay. I, th I think the Jets will trade, but let's hold off on trades for this one. I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so reject that one. We're going to look at some of the players that went first, get a scope of, the, you know, the feel of the, the board, how it went. We see two quarterbacks in the top five, but Will Anderson, number one, that's a very, very odd curveball. Uh, Quentin Johnston, top five. Jalen Carter, six. Uh, Paris Johnson, seven. Jordan Addison, eight. Wow, this is a very different mock draft as I've seen. Tyree Wilson, nine. Joey Porter Jr., 10. Will Levis in a trade-up situation for Tampa Bay at 11. And then Houston, Jackson Smith, and Jigba at 12. So that Bryce Young plays, still on the board. That's just incredible to me. I mean, I feel like that's not going to happen. I don't know if um, – you want to take a mulligan on this one and, and restart? And I maybe would say we'll hit a re every now and then you get a really crazy. That's one what I'm saying. Yeah. Restart this is like a point, a point zero zero one percent chance yeah, of happening. Exactly. So, yeah, we're going to restart that. Seven rounds. Every now and then you get these really weird. Yeah, like that was so bizarre. You going in the top 10 and you're seeing them there at like 30. Yeah, two edges and then Quentin Johnston top five. Now, if it happens again, we'll just there deal we with it. There we go. This looks a little bit better. Wow, they upped their offer, but they want their four. All right. Sorry, Giants. We're not moving back that far, Arizona. All right, this looks better. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, one, two. Will Anderson, three. Will Levis, four. This sounds better. Jalen Carter, five. Anthony Richardson, six. Paris Johnson, seven. Again, that was the only consistent. Miles Murphy still in the top ten. Addison. Christian Gonzalez is a new one. Broderick Jones, a very heavily favored Jets mm. target at tackle, went at 11. And then Trenton Simpson, a very, very new pick at 12 for the Houston Texans, Trenton Simpson. Um, mm -hmm. bef before we actually make the pick, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on D Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, where he had us taking Nolan Smith out of Georgia, the edge slash outside linebacker. What are your thoughts? You know, it's one of those things. It's hard. It'd be hard to be upset about getting a player who's that talented um at a at a key position but i just i just can't see them passing on tackle um unless he thinks there's going to be a a starting caliber tackle there in round two which then means you know well I, I, if they keep that pick maybe you get a center in the tackle at 42 and 43 um if you go with somebody else early on but i i wouldn't you know i i would be surprised if they went with smith but uh but you can't see a player with that much talent and be upset about it yeah, I was obviously shocked when I scrolled down and saw that there was a lot of offensive tackles still left on the board and they still went with Nolan Smith. So mm -hmm. my first reaction was, oh, this is just like Daniel Jeremiah putting Mekhi Becton to the Giants at four. He's creeping up the board. Daniel Jeremiah has a little bit of knowledge on what's going on and he just wants to put it up in that range. And then when it falls maybe to like 15 or even 11 to the Titans, then everybody would be like, oh, okay, DJ was kind of right with that range. I don't know if he's necessarily a fit for the Jets. Um, he mentioned Bryce Huff. Uh, I looked up their measurables. They're like 20 pounds different. 
And mm-hmm. I think Bryce Huff has two or three inches on Nolan Smith. So they're very different body types. I don't necessarily see how he would fit into the scheme right away. But like you said, he's an explosive player. I feel like the draft network's motto has always been draft good players. And certainly you want to do that. Um, I just think when you mesh need with value of the player in that round, in that selection at 13, it's going to trend to a different position, a different player altogether. I don't think that they're in the range for an edge at all in the first round. I would start looking at that in the second round, potentially maybe third round based on the depth, but I wouldn't hate Nolan Smith as you know the player himself because he was yeah. just fantastic at the at the combine and a very good player for the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, so with that aside, I can pretty much assume we're not going to take Nolan Smith here at this selection. Right. Um, is there any positions or players that we haven't you know mentioned that you don't see taken? I see Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones. Are you all in on a Peter Skaronsky or are you? you know, maybe a pass catcher or what are your thoughts here at 13? I th- I think I'm, I would go tackle. And I think, like I said, my, my thing was, I was hoping uh, previously, I, I thought Darnell Wright might be there in the second round, but uh, you know, he's got another guy that Dan Jeremiah is now saying he's moving up and he's got him in his top 20. So for an offensive tackle in the top 20, he's not going to be there at 42, 43. I don't know mm-hmm. that there's another tackle that I'm comfortable taking there. You know, Blake Freeland, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Duncan, I'm not a big fan, so I'm not sure which tackles are going to be there. So I would grab one here unless, you know, unless all the top five guys were gone, which I don't think they are. So, um, wh- which tackles are still on the board right now? Uh, right now at offensive tackle, Skaronsky, Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones, Darnell Wright. So you have most of the top half, only Paris Johnson right. and Broderick Jones have gone. I would, um, I would I would go with Skaronsky here, mm-hmm. but um, I might even you know I might even go with Darnell right here. Um, you know he can play both sides. He's you know played a very high level against the best talent in the country. So I might go with Darnell right here. Who who are the who are the receivers on the board? Okay, uh, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Jalen Hyatt are the top three. It looks like. Jordan Addison was the only one that went at nine overall to the Bears. What are you thinking? What would you do? So based on my board, I mean, Skaronsky is my number four player. I have Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Jordan Addison, Peter Skaronsky. So those are my top four. Obviously, I haven't looked at all the quarterbacks yet, so that might bump them down. Mm -hmm. Peter Skaronsky seems like a no-brainer here. I feel like those AVT comparisons that we keep getting are – you know, just, you know, making me almost too happy that it's like almost too good to be true. But if he can play four or five positions on the offensive line at any given point in his career, why not? It's all a matter of putting the best five on the field. You can look at it as taking a tackle or taking a guard. It doesn't really matter to me. ABT was a trade up at 14 to take a guard who ended up playing both tackle positions for you in a pinch. So you can see a similar scenario. Now that Jordan Addison's gone, I would kind of be a little pushed off the wide receivers. I'm not a huge Quentin Johnston guy. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, would be my trade down target at like mm-hmm. an 18 to 22 range. Um, so I would probably go offensive tackle. Um, I did finish watching Darnell Wright, though, uh, earlier this week. I put him above Dewan Jones. I thought he was a little bit better to me. I think Dewan Jones has a little bit of you know, risk factor due to his size and, you know, athleticism. But Darnell Wright did everything right against uh, Will Anderson um, in, in his game against Alabama. So I think that 
you could you could convince me Darnell Wright. I'm not convinced that he can play left tackle as well as everybody thinks. I feel like he might be a true right tackle, but I'm willing to be wrong on that. So I would stick with Skaronski and feel like that's the safer pick. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with either guy. Go ahead and grab Skaronski. Cool. All right. So Skaronski's on the board. Now we're going. We got the back-to-back picks. Sorry, Kansas City and Chicago. We're not entertaining. Let's just look at the last couple picks. So we're at 42. John Michael Schmitz actually made it to the second round, but he was taken at 35, followed by Dewan Jones. Um, And then you have a bit of a run on edge. You have Derek Hall, B.J. Ojolari, Zay Flowers, uh, Cyrus Torrance mixed in there, Emmanuel Forbes. So some players that I think the Jets could be targeting, like a Michael Schmitz. Um, But I don't think necessarily – we we have expected John Michael Schmitz to go well before these picks anyway. So I yeah. feel like that was what we expected taking a tackle at that position. Um, I, w- I will ask you though, if you trade back, where would you feel comfortable? Like what's the highest you would take John Michael Schmitz? Say you traded back from 13. The highest I would take him. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, it really just depends on the board, you know, because right. I don't know that I'd take him before I would take a tackle. Okay. Like if Darnell Wright was there, but he was there at 22. I'm, I'm taking Darnell Wright. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so yeah. torn as well, but I, I just feel like I've watched a couple centers this past uh, couple of days, like Whipler, Tipman, uh, Aluatimi. I like Tipman I, a lot. Yeah. Tipman, I mean, I like his size and everything. Tipman blows dudes up, man. When he pulls yeah. and hits his target, he just takes guys off their feet. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm cool with waiting on center, but if I, like push came to shove, I would trade back to like 19 if all the tackles were gone, or like 23 with Baltimore, and, and I would feel comfortable. Excuse my dog, um, but yeah, I would feel comfortable taking him in that that early 20 range. But in this in this scenario, we weren't making any trades, so I'm gonna let you kind of give your thoughts on 43 here or 42 here while I quiet her down. Uh, well, you only have the tackles up. So, who else is up? You want to bring up the whole board? There we go. Uh, Nolan Smith is still there. Tell you what, man, Darnell Washington is tempting. That I think Darnell Washington is a guy that uh, he's he can be so good. You know, he's he's just athletic freak. You know, his size, the importance of tight ends nowadays. Uh he's uh, but another guy who. He's, you know, every now and then, like I, I, I'm looking through and I'm watching games and looking at highlights and clips that I have pulled, and I see a guy and go, Jesus, I really haven't talked about that guy based on how much I like him. Um, and the first one that comes to mind here is Drew Sanders. Love Drew Sanders. Um, who did I watch him against the other day? Um, I can't remember who. I can't remember who Arkansas was playing, but uh, they, they were facing a mobile quarterback, and he was spying the quarterback. Quarterback dropped back, tried to scramble. And he, he just stayed with him stride for stride, tracked him down, got him stopped, stopped him at the line of scrimmage at the sideline. And it, it was just a reminder to me, like, that that's something C.J. Mosley can't do anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drew Sanders converted safety, so he should be able to cover. Um, but as you know, there's about 20 linebackers in this class that I love. So if I take one this early, I'm probably taking four more, and I'm going to find a way to justify it. Um, also love Kalijah Kansi. Um, been talking about him since last year. And we know that they need, you know, some depth, not some depth. They need another starter on that D line with Sheldon Rankin's gone. Um, so in this spot, uh, Washington, Sanders, Cansey. Scroll down a little just to see the next few names. Sure. Because there's some names at the bottom of this list that I'm not a fan of here in the second round. 
Oh, okay. I see a couple names that I'd take in this range. How do you feel about Keon White? Have you done any like deep dive on him? I have. I've I watched a few Georgia Tech games last week. Really good player. Um, yeah. really good edge guy. Um, again, not sure that's something I, that I would address this early for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the top guys are. I I think for me, you look at the athletic freaks from Georgia, Darnell and Nolan Smith, and you're intrigued by them, certainly, like for all the things that we said about DJ's pick at at 13. If you could steal him at 42, that would just be amazing. Um, Don't necessarily know how realistic he or Darnell Wright's chances of making it this far are, so I don't know if you want to steer away from them just for the sake of being more realistic. Yeah, I I was going to suggest that. Yeah, but I I think a Darnell Washington in this range certainly would be there. Kalijah Kansi could be there. He was mocked all the way up top 10, and now I feel like he's sliding back down. Um, But he's certainly a player I would love to see take up that, that Sheldon Rankin's position. Uh, I don't want to see Solomon Thomas taking 200, 300 reps at the defensive tackle position. So Kalijah Kansi is somebody I'm definitely interested in, especially over a Siaki Ika. And I like Ke- uh, Keon White, but I don't think edge would be the position that I'm taking, especially with Lawson in the fold. So I guess if it came push to shove, would you would you really like Darnell or Kalijah Kansi at this pick? I feel like that's who we've talked ourselves into. I think uh, only be I, I want to say Drew Sanders, but because there are so many other linebackers okay. I like that you can get later, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I would say Kalijah Kansi at this point. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I I skipped over Drew Sanders. I yeah, I, I like Drew Sanders as a player. I just don't think second round linebackers where we're at, especially when Quan Alexander's still out there. He still doesn't give you that Drew Sanders type. But if you're paying Quincy Williams six million dollars, he needs to start you know, doing things more consistently at the level yeah. that you want him to sideline to sideline with speed. So yeah, I, I would agree. Kalijah Kansi would be my preferred pick here too. And we have back to back. So it's nice taking Kalijah knowing that no matter who we take after is probably going to be somebody we wanted anyway. It's not letting me click him. There we go. All right. Sorry, Philly. We're not taking that. And then we're coming back right here at 43. Um, we can scroll down the board. We talked about Keon White, obviously. Um, I know you said Darnell. Are you interested in Dalton Kincaid at all, or is it more likely just you like Darnell yeah. Washington for his specific? Yeah, skills? if I'm taking a tight end, it's Washington at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, I might take I one agree. later, but and Kincaid's another one who I'd, I'd be surprised if he's on the board at this point. Me um, too, and I think he he tends more to the wide receiver version of a tight end. Whereas Darnell is like that sixth offensive lineman as a tight end. So very completely different roles is what you're getting um, out of the two players. A name just popped up here, number 62, Antonio Johnson, Johnson, excuse me, safety from Texas A&M. It certainly fills a need and it certainly gets them taller at the position. I know they had really small uh, safeties. Well, that was really hard to say. Small safeties last year. So I think if you could bring in a guy who's 6'3 and change, he can add some height to that back end, give you a little bit more range. He did play a lot in the box, but I think he could be that rangy free safety. And then you have a nice trio with uh, Johnson, Whitehead, and then Chuck Clark, who was just added from Baltimore. So I, do you, do you want to put him in the mix at this pick or any other names that you saw as we're scrolling through? Cody Mock. Um, none of these receivers really do it for me. Rushy Rice, Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims. Uh, Jared Patterson. Marvin Mims really surprised me at the, the combine. I I mean, we've both talked about him. We both like him, but I yeah. didn't expect him to run as well as he did. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think 
I'm, I'm tempted to say since it's an extra two now that you know we didn't have previously. I did, you know, I wondered if if Hendon Hooker would fall that far as a developmental oh, wow. guy. Um, like, do you just use that extra two to steal him and stash him and let him learn? <clears throat> but I think with these premiums, they're trying to win now, so they're not in a position to really bench a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and safety early with the addition of Clark, I, I I know there's been talk about letting go of Whitehead. I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't uh, we haven't taken a receiver, right? No, we have not. I've I've already forgotten who we've taken. That's how good my memory is. Uh, our only two picks were Kalaja Kansi, and at thirteen we took Peter Skaronsky. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, having said that, I I would wait till later. I might take Drew Sanders here if it were up to me. Okay. Um, yeah. I think he completely. I think he gives them somebody on defense who can uh, who can change. But that being said, supply and demand. Do you go with the safety now and get a linebacker later? Um, right. <clears throat> I think when it, when you, from our perspective, we have a lot of linebackers that we like in that fourth round range, uh, you yeah. know, namely Dayon Henley. I, uh, yeah. We kind of have mixed feelings on DeMarvian Overshone, but we think he could be a good player. Ivan Pace, all Ivan guys, Pace, you know, like cool. a round or two later. Um, I, I feel like no matter what this board kind of looks like we're reaching at this pick based on what the Jets need. Um we did take Kalaja Kansi, so Keanu Benton is off the board no matter what. I feel like Edge is still a little too early. Corner, we're not entertaining corner just yet. So I feel like it's Antonio Johnson, or do you want to come back and take the center now? I know that actually, they have I was going to say, we haven't talked about center. I would I would actually go Tipman at this point and get center wrapped up. They have them rated so low, so I'm glad that I started going position by position because 85 for Tipman and 94 for Whipler is just pretty low. I mean, I think like Whipler is like a third round guy. Tipman's kind of like a second round guy, but not not this like fringe top 100 type player. So I think Tipman should be the pick over Whipler. Uh, You think Tipman for sure? All right, cool. So we're gonna double down on offensive line here. Now we have Peter Skaronski, we have Joe Tipman, and we have Kalija Kansi. If Robert Sala and Joe Douglas actually do this at the end of April, I don't know how they could be happier from what they prefer uh, their their team to be built around the trenches. Robert Sala joked if he could have 52 offensive linemen and one quarterback, he would do it. Um mm-hmm. We, we got to protect Aaron Rodgers uh, at the end of the day. So I'm glad we're doubling up on offensive line. Yep. Now that we're here at pick 112, because we do not have a third round pick sent to Cleveland in the Elijah Moore trade, what position, first off, are you looking at? Do you want to come back and target a receiver? Are you looking mostly on defense? What are your thoughts here at, at pick 112? I see a couple linebackers we like are no longer there. Yeah, it looks like uh, a lot of our linebackers went. So I would actually go with Overshone at this point because you want you want that guy who can cover. We didn't take Sanders, right? We took we took we went with the center. Yeah, we took Tipman over Sanders. Yep. So I would I would um see, well you know what they, I'm I'm really liking Jeremy Banks nowadays. I know I've mentioned him a couple times during the year, the Tennessee linebacker, and I think he'll be mm-hmm. there a little bit later on. So sure. if we go all, let's see. Coons. This is this is all, and DeMarvion is the third highest player remaining. Right. Will McDonald on the edge is nice. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. That, I don't think that's realistic for him. I've, I've seen a lot of him, like, to the Chiefs in the first round, very end of the first round. And, really? and that's okay. probably his range, you know, top 50. Um, 
I love him as a player, though. I, I would be ecstatic. But I just don't know if that's realistic based on the mocks that we're seeing. Um, right. We didn't take a safety. I don't know how you feel about Ronnie Hickman. I'm not. I was going to say. I was going to say since we passed on the safety, I would I would go with Hickman here. Yeah, I think Hickman is a safe bet. Let's just click on safety just to make sure we're not passing over anybody. I'm not a huge Trey Dean guy. Yeah, I, I like, like Jamie Robinson, Rob- but I don't. I don't. I think I like Hickman more. Yeah, I, I certainly like Hickman more. Robinson from Florida State is in that range too, but I, I definitely would would uh, prefer a Hickman type of player. Yeah, uh, there was this one bad play um, from Hickman where he just got juked out of his sneakers and it didn't even like the running back didn't even put a, a heavy move on and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with him but it was the first game I watched and nothing like that happened again so I was very happy um but yeah if you want to make that the pick over linebacker because I, I agree I think there's still some linebackers left that that we can take yeah all right so we're gonna go Hickman here at 112 believe our next pick's in the 140s, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Oh, Luatimi just went right before our pick. That's unfortunate, but it's nice to know that it's kind of where I thought he'd be, fourth-round range for Luatimi, the Michigan center. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you saw, but this guy's got eight and five-eighths hands. This guy is like zero-eighth yeah. percentile hands. But I thought he did really well anchoring at the senior bowl. Like he was, and even his grip strength, like he'd hold on to the guy and he wouldn't let go and he'd be able to mirror and match pretty well. So like I'm excited right. to see him. I don't know if he's the type of guy you want to bring in and be a starter right away for your offense, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers uh at the at the helm. Um, but here we are sitting at 142. Let's go back to all Trey Dean's still sitting there, so it seems like we made a good choice not taking him. Uh Kenny McIntosh. Dontavian Wicks, uh, Tajay Spears. I don't know your thoughts on him. Uh, we see a couple other guards, a lot of pass catchers, running backs. I'd love to say Dontavian Wicks, but the receiver room is getting crowded, especially if they add OBJ. Um, you know, yeah. there's only so much room. Yeah, you'd really have to get rid of a Mims and a Davis, bring in right. an OBJ, and then have a, a depth guy to make all that work. And yeah. to see four more wide receiver moves this offseason would be pretty crazy, I, I'd be honest. Um, let's see. Michael Wilson, Nathaniel Dell. What are your thoughts on Roshan Johnson? I see him down here at 152. He broke his hand at the Senior Bowl, but I think in my opinion, if it wasn't for Spears, he would have been the best running back in I, the I, Senior Bowl. I think he's sort of uh, you know falling victim to uh, – you know, playing on the same team with the best running back in the draft and not really getting the credit he deserves. I'm sure he is in mm-hmm. NFL war rooms, but among fans, I don't feel like you hear his name enough. Um, I also think Luke Schoonmaker is a really great value pick at this point. I think mm-hmm. he's an underrated tight end. Again, Nathaniel Dell, love him, but how many receivers are you going to have in that room? Um, right. And his size is a, a bit of a, not a red flag, but a concern to some teams for sure. Yep. And I liked Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. I think I yes, put me too. Yep. I think he was Senior one of my guys guy. during our guys uh, episode because um, mm-hmm. they have a couple of corners that I like there. Uh, Jackson Player, I think, is really good. The DT on the inside. Riley Moss, I'm not some iffy with him. Yeah, I'm looking at these names. I'm not like in love with any of these names. There's Baldonado from Pittsburgh. Could double up on Pitt D lineman. That'd be funny. Um, let's look at let's look at linebacker. See what we got here. All right. So now we're definitely in the range of we're going to lose most of our guys. I know they have Jeremy Banks ranked at number 260. So if we really wanted, we could sit on that and just take him last round. But I think that that's actually realistic. 
he's probably around five to seven player. It's just a matter of where you like to pick him because mm-hmm. I, I think people don't realize as much when you get down to the, the rounds five to seven. It's more just about okay, we want to take this guy so somebody else doesn't take him essentially. And if you take him in the fifth round, it's probably the same grade as a guy you had taking in the seventh round. It's just where you feel comfortable. So, right, I'm, I'm cool waiting on a, a Banks, even an Abdullah. Um, I like Cam Jones. I think more than most, although he's a little undersized. Um, so Who are the backs? Back. Who are, let's see all the backs. Sure, running backs: uh, McIntosh, Tajay Spears, Eric Gray, who I like actually. Yeah, Roshan Johnson are the top four. Uh, Cameron Peoples from App State. I'll throw him in there at 180. I think he's uh, a a different type guy. of back. I like him. Yeah, power guy. Um, anybody you like here? I like Spears and Johnson the most. Um, I think. Spears, Gray, and Johnson. I like. Um, yeah. maybe this is a good spot to grab a back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we talked about running back earlier. Brees Hall is not going to be, be healthy. Playmaker. He makes people miss and great. In Tajay space. Spears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a uh, a sixty yard run to end practice the one day at the Senior Bowl, and everybody went nuts. And it was yeah. it was a joy to watch him just one cut and go sneak in behind the sealed blocker, and it, it was fun. He's a explosive playmaker. I have a couple pictures of him walking with our. Uh, uh, offensive assistant Pat Bestian on the the field, and I can I was just like I hope that he's saying they're going to take him in the like fourth or fifth round because I would yeah. love that. Uh, I I always I've said it a couple times. I said it on Green Beans podcast last week. We're kind of trending in that territory. You've talked about it with wide receiver. You got to take one every year. Quarterback, you probably got to take one every year, even if it's a developmental guy. And running back, I really think you got to take one every year because you're just rotating these guys constantly. You need a good stable of backs because we saw what happened when Brees Hall goes down. You really need a guy that's going to step up and be able to not only take the majority of the reps, but be productive with the majority of those reps. So I'm I'm very in favor of Tajay Spears here. Now we're, I think this is the final pick, all the way down at 207. So now I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I'm pretty sure Jeremy Banks is still here. He is still here, but how do you feel about taking your guy? Yeah, Yasir Abdul is also there at linebacker. How do you feel about taking a developmental rookie quarterback in the seventh round, Jake Mm. Hayner? I don't think he'll be there in the seventh, but if he was, I don't either. I would would love to take him there. For the sake of being realistic, do you want to say he was probably already drafted? Yeah, let's okay. take him off the board. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, I think that's smart. So let's go back to linebacker. We'll fill that last need. Uh, wow, Ventrell Miller, 351. This is the guy that we've talked about yeah. like early, early on. And even yeah. last season we talked about. That's mm-hmm. crazy that he's that low. I mean, maybe he just, you know. Cam Jones, that... surprised to see him that low. Yeah, Cam Jones. I feel like that's got to be a lot due to his size. I'm going to look up his measurables real quick. But um who else is, besides so i think he's a smaller guy but i would i would take i'm really torn between this here abdullah and jeremy banks um abdullah does a better job of getting at the quarterback um where banks does mm-hmm. a better job in coverage um so this is a point where i'd be i'd be calling somebody up to offer him next year six for uh, i'd be calling the jags to try to get that pick 208 out of them and i'd, I'd take uh banks and abdullah because they're two very different players but um mm-hmm forced to choose between the two and for what the Jets need. Uh man, I like Abdullah. Yeah. So just for context, Abdullah is 6'1, 237. Jeremy Banks is 6'1, 232. 
and who was the other guy? Cam Jones is 6'1", 226. So they're all on the smaller side of the right. scale for a linebacker. But when you like think so about – are nowadays. I feel like every right, linebacker right about, is in the 220s. Yeah, and, and C.J. Mosley is not 6'1", but he dropped from 252 to 237 to fit Salah's scheme. So the weight aspect of it, I can totally see them going after – any of these guys, they convert safeties to linebackers. These guys aren't, you know, 260 like Noah Sewell and, you know, have bad lateral athleticism and they, they got to play sideline to sideline. Like you said, they got to be fast. So I think it'll come down to me, Banks or Abdullah as well. Uh, I feel like Cam Jones, I like him, but I like the other guys a little bit more. It is just a matter of do you want the edge and you know presence? What? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I would go Abdullah on the hope okay. that they, that they like Sherwood. Um, you know, the linebacker yeah. they've converted from safety. Hopefully right. they view him as a guy who can cover and get Abdul, who can be a sideline to sideline guy who can also get to the quarterback. I was just about to say, I think the versatility aspect of Yasir Abdullah mm -hmm. is what puts him a little bit above Jeremy Banks for me. I, I completely agree there. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and make Yasir Abdullah the pick. Uh, somebody that we've you've definitely tweeted about at, at length. Um and I believe that's our final pick. All right, yeah. So we that's had good. six total picks. Obviously, this is subject to change with the Aaron Rodgers trade. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll run it down from top to bottom. 13th overall, we took Peter Skaronsky, the last available of the big three offensive tackles in the first round. We came back at 42, filled the other trench spot with Kalija Kansi to place next to Quinn and Williams at the defensive tackle position. Back-to-back -back picks in the second round, thanks to Elijah Moore. We took Joe Titman, uh, center from Wisconsin. Uh, great pick, a very, very tall center. I think he's 6'6 and change, so a very big piece in the center. Ronnie Hickman at pick four, uh, 112 in the fourth round, safety from Ohio State. Doesn't necessarily add that big uh, height element that might be missing in the back end, but that might not be something that they want. They might want to go back to those smaller safety types, and I think Ronnie Hickman is a very good player. 143, Tajay Spears running back to Lane. Like I said, best running back at the Senior Bowl and has skyrocketed up boards since the draft process has begun. And to round it out, 207, Yasir Abdullah, linebacker slash pass rusher for Louisville. What, what are your thoughts on this mock? I think we did a bang-up job. We addressed all our needs. I think we need needs. more picks. That's what I think. I think, I think we need more uh, picks. I would love to have more picks. I'm like, that's like not enough. That's not enough players. Yeah. I, need, I yeah. need three more picks at least. Yeah, I wasn't sure how fast the mock would go in the whole process. I'm glad that, you know, with the six picks, we were able to have good conversation and not and whatnot. But yeah, I, I, I'm used to having eight, like eight with Joe Douglas is like kind of standard. And I feel like yep. we're not going to see that this year because we're obviously going to have to give something up for Rodgers if the trade happens before the draft. So if you're looking at five picks, I mean, last year they made seven in the top 117. Michael, yeah. Michael Clemens was the last pick at 117. So you had seven picks in the top 115. That's just crazy. So I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a couple of trade backs. I just. I, agree. Uh, yeah. I don't think Joe Douglas is going to come out of this thing with with six picks. No, and and I think next time we do a mock draft, obviously we should have more clarity on the quarterback position, and maybe we will yeah. entertain some more trade uh, offers. Um, because like we both said, I don't think we're picking at 13. I think we're going to move back to that 18 to 22 range. And, and that's ultimately where we're going to uh, pick. Maybe he trades down twice. I don't really know because we've only ever seen him trade up in the first round. So this is all foreign new territory for Joe Douglas. And I think as we get closer, obviously we'll get a few more things ironed out. Um, 
we didn't take a wide receiver, but I don't think we need to at this case because uh, yeah, it, it looks like so many. Coming. Yeah, and I agree. I think uh, more veterans over rookies is probably preferred with Rodgers anyway. Some people that have been around the block and can pick up an offense quicker than a rookie would. So all in all, I'm glad that we got to get this mock draft out. We'll probably get two more in before the draft. We normally do two, but I feel like we got to do three this year just based on all the things and moving parts that are going on in the season mm-hmm. and how win now it is and how every player that you take could be a contributor on this team. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. So we're going to get out of here for tonight. Um, for Glenn Naughton, you can follow him on Twitter at AceFan23. Make sure to follow his draft account at Jets Picks, Jets P-I-C-K-S, putting out tons of videos, tons of sleeper guys. I forget who it was, the running back you posted today, just killing it. Was it a Houston running back? He was just – No, it was, um, it was Marshall. Marshall, okay. Um, uh, Labron. Was yes, that's year? his name. Yeah. Yeah. Kalal, K-A-H-A-L. Literally yesterday was the first time I'd seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just scrolled through a list of players. I said, all right, let me find a running back that I've, I've never heard of um, or who I've not, see, not seen or heard of. And his was the first name I saw. And I said, I've not heard anyone talk about this guy. Looked at his numbers. Super productive. But, of mm-hmm. course, it's mid-major. So you're like, all right, who's he doing it against? But then I saw he had a big game against Notre Dame. Went and watched that game, and he had a couple of fantastic runs. I mean, they, they, he's juking guys, like defenders falling over, trying to, you know, uh, juking guys out of their shoes, as they say, breaking ankles. Um, mm-hmm. So then I went and watched his Bowling Green game, obviously not as much of a quality opponent, um, and more of the same, huge game against them. So I watched two of his games yesterday, came away really impressed, and, uh, you know, just another guy, you know, he might be a UDFA-type uh, candidate. Yeah, it, I don't know exactly the range, especially for running backs. It's so hard to to pick and place them in the draft. But that guy, I mean, I, I like his contact balance too. So it's just it's interesting. You you pull these guys out of nowhere, and if you haven't learned, you you just got to follow Jets P I C K S, and you'll learn all about them. So you can follow me on Twitter at D Terraman. Um, I'm pretty sure Glenn's going to be doing a show in the near future with a special yeah, guest. I'm- yeah, I'm going to be uh, trying to just, just to put out more content for the channel. I'm trying to put in fewer hours at work. So I thought this is, you know, this is what I do for fun in my off time. And uh, so I'm going to try to do show, one show early in the week, one with you, and then one on Fridays. Um, Chris Schubert of the Draft Network is going to be joining me tomorrow and, you know, regularly for a little while, hopefully. Um, we'll see how that works out. We've had him on before. He's always a great guest. He knows his stuff. Um, and he's he's great, you know, if, for, for guys you want, especially if you want to talk about the mid-majors. Um, but he's a Jets fan, so he wants to talk some Jets football, um, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of that th- tomorrow, and hopefully uh, for a little while in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be really excited. I'm uh, very intrigued to tune in and see what you guys talk about. I'm also gonna try my best. Uh, you said it: less work, more podcast. That's how I feel too. I'm gonna try to put out you know small uh, videos, maybe ten to fifteen minutes, just about a, a position group cover like two or three names at a position wide receiver center safety positions of need leading up to the draft so i know we haven't been able to get the full draft show out like we wanted to every week so just a a small show to get some draft coverage in will be great so you yeah we're gonna have a ton of more content coming up from jet nation so keep it here uh youtube facebook twitter instagram you can follow us everywhere at jet nation make sure you like comment subscribe Check out all the new content we have coming. Glenn's dabbling in those shorts, which are ever so popular on YouTube. And uh, until next time, let's go Jets.